0: Factory In the Dynasty Football Network, that's Travis the Beard Rasmussen at TravisNFL. That's James the Brain Cthulhu at DFF underscore Psychic. I'm John Hogue at DFF Dynasty Dude, and this is Super Flexible. More changes into quarterback position with yet another major injury, plus backups stepping in for injuries and ineffectiveness. And stop me if you've heard this one before. James' Browns don't know who their starter will be. Plus a head-to-head battle over the value of Andrew Luck, trade reflections involving young quarterbacks and veteran stars, bold ball carrier predictions, and this week's super streakers. But first, your super flex super friends had some bold predictions for Week 7 with your nuts. Let's see who got it right. Who got it close, and who missed almost completely?
1: So he's the brain, and I'm the beard. Correct. Yeah, I kind of like. That. All right,
0: all right. <laughs> doesn't he sound like a like a like when you can't see him? He just sounds like a like a college professor or something, doesn't he? <laughs>
2: <laughs> We're gonna do what we try to do every day, Pinky. We're
1: gonna take over the world. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So um, we're talking about who who was the only one who got their bold prediction right. Is that what we're t- about to talk about? No, I think we I think we're gonna skip that, right, John?
0: Yeah, this I week. Think, yeah, right. I know. <laughs> I think <laughs> I, I think I personally would prefer to skip over this section entirely. But let's, I let's let let's let Travis take his victory lap here. Start us oh, off, yeah. Travis.
1: Alex Smith, baby, bounce back game. I. Uh, thought I was bold with 300 yards and three touchdowns but he went 342 and three so nailed it 0% nuts buddy come on <laughs> Alex Smith officially is the QB1 this year in fantasy football Are you buying yet John?
0: I think I'm I'm right in the exact same spot this week that I was last week and I don't think that we're going to get a resolution to this this season, I, I do think that Alex Smith probably starts the remainder of the season. I don't know how you bench him at this point, especially when you're in playoff contention and the your rookie first rounder, who's waiting behind him, is is I mean, easily the most raw of the four first round quarterbacks. But I'm a I'm gonna keep saying it, man. I mean, he right now the best that Alex Smith can do. Is start planning. Is start is start auditioning for a job next year elsewhere, possibly here in Denver. That has been one of the rumors. Um, Not one that I would be a huge fan of. But uh, I I, the the whole deal with Alex Smith is he has to win in the playoffs, and not only that, he's got to win big. I mean, I, I think a Super Bowl appearance and a Super Bowl loss might be enough to still save his job for one more year but I mean I I just kind of think that this is it for Alex Smith unless he somehow leads them to a Super Bowl victory and uh, this is great what he's doing right now I probably do need to make a little bit of a retraction that I made last week Um, I think I said that Carson Wentz right now is the league MVP but uh, I think it does have to go to Alex Smith um, but, Whoa! <laughs> right, I, I I don't know how you how you go against him right at the moment, but
1: um, so sounds like sounds like you're nowhere close to where you were last week. Sounds like you I, are loving Alex Smith right now.
0: I'm saying I, I just <laughs> I just exhausted my list of nice things that I have to say about Alex Smith. I just no, I, I just I, put all the cards on the table just now.
1: No, yeah, I, I agree that I don't think there's any question that he is not going to be starting for the Chiefs next year. I don't think I don't think that's the argument. I'm just saying he's playing his butt off this year and he deserves more respect than you've been giving him. <laughs> that's
0: probably true. He's this year's Matt Ryan and Matt Ryan did absolutely you no- <laughs> nothing for you <laughs> before last year and he's doing nothing for you this year. So, yeah, I mean these these seasons happen, but give him credit where it's due. All right, let's move on to you James. Your uh your nut your your nuts prediction last week wasn't horrible, but did miss by a little bit.
2: Yeah, yeah, it, it did. Uh I I had said that Brett Hundley would be a top 10 fantasy quarterback uh this past week week 7. And actually, he was quarterback seventeen. Um, so yeah, I mean, he wasn't a top ten quarterback, and uh, really, uh, uh, we're going to go into a little bit more depth on this a little bit later in the show. But um, really, it it, uh, it it didn't look very good, um, and I think it can look a lot better moving forward. But we'll we'll kind of touch a little bit more on that going forward. But uh, but yeah, I uh, I did not hit my prediction. He was not a top ten quarterback, and didn't look like he was going to be one
1: anytime soon. I just wanted to say I think we're I think we're understating how badly he missed this prediction. <laughs> <laughs> that's, it that's sounds it sounds not that bad when you say oh he was QB seventeen, but right, he, threw right, for, he threw for he threw for eighty seven yards, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, zero touchdown mm-hmm, and a mm-hmm, pick. Mm-hmm. Also,
0: we're recording this on and Monday this is bef- night during the, exactly. the Monday night game. Carson Wentz is definitely going to push him down to at least QB eighteen. Kirk Cousins has a chance to push him down even further. So, um. so,
2: so, still a starter in a in a super flex. You know, as a QB two, so you know, I didn't miss too bad. So, <laughs> so, it's still going with that. No, it, it was there bad. You You're right, Travis. It was it was awful. Uh, but yeah. he did make up a little bit of the points with his feet running for a touchdown and getting some rushing yards. So. You know, you know, you gotta add that into a little bit,
1: but no, it it uh, it definitely was bad. It was a swing and a miss for sure. I'm with you. I I thought he was gonna succeed too. I just wanted to point out he did not have he did not have a good week. <laughs> and no, we should not no. we should not pretend that he did.
2: <laughs> no, he had less passing yards than Deshaun Kaiser, who got pulled. So I mean, yep.
1: yeah, let's, let's
2: it wasn't yeah wasn't pretty.
0: Meanwhile, I subscribe to the theory that if you're gonna miss, miss big, and I did just that. I took Matt Ryan, last year's MVP, in a revenge game of the uh, of the Super Bowl that he inexplicably lost, him and the rest of his Falcons, inexplicably lost. I thought that he was going to go into New England against the, the absolute worst defense in the NFL to this point. I had him for 400 yards and five touchdowns. He actually threw for 233 yards and one touchdown late in garbage time that Julio Jones had to, I mean, literally wrestle away from Malcolm Butler. So, yeah, I I wasn't particularly close on that one. And uh, I completely fault the Atlanta Falcons and their totally inept offense. And uh, it has nothing to do with my ability to, to predict a quarterback's fate.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you lose, John. I think we can move on. <laughs> yeah, that, that
0: was a tough one. That was a tough one. Um, and so this week, I'm going to reel it in a little bit when we get to your nuts. But first, let's talk a little bit about some of the a little bit of the, the fantasy impact from Week 7. Um, for one thing, Travis, you're, you're the starting quarterback for your Arizona Cardinals, Carson Palmer, has a broken arm, and there's a good chance that this ends his career, unfortunately. One of the all-time greats. And now it looks like it's Drew Stanton is the starter, rather than Blaine Gabbert. Uh, which, so first of all, I, I for my own purposes, I'd like to start there, because... All the talk in the preseason was about Blaine Gabbert. Bruce Arians said that he he should be a starter in this league. Well, here's your chance to make him a starter. Where is he?
1: He's obviously not. I don't know. Dude, we had what eight, eight or nine games of Gabbert last year as a starter, and he was atrocious. So I don't think it's necessarily the, the wrong call. I mean, they're two bad quarterbacks. I mean, flip a coin. Does it really matter? The season's over for the Cardinals. You know, they're – it's this pretty is, depressing.
0: This is depressing, <laughs> man. It is. We. It's like we need to dangle Alex Smith in front of you like a set of keys. Yeah. <laughs> Something shiny. Man, I
2: don't know. I hope, I, I,
1: I hope we get I, Alex Smith.
2: I, 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 I'll I disagree a little bit with you guys. I don't think it's that bleak. I, I – uh, I think Stanton's all right. I mean I, I saw him in spot starts in Detroit and he, he definitely looked like he was capable. He's not gonna be consistently good, but I do think that he's gonna have his spots where he's gonna look good. I, I I'm not too too down on Stanton, to be honest with you. I think Drew Stanton can be a good uh you know, a good fill in guy. But you know, the 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 hard part is that he's gonna be in for what, the majority of the year, if not the entire year. Um so that that's kinda kind of, you know, depressing a little bit and with no David Johnson to lean on that hurts.
0: I think this is probably a question more for you James. Um you sound easily the most enthusiastic of Drew Stanton yeah. uh, <laughs> among present company. So, for Superflex and 2 QB leagues, um and let's talk about the Carson Palmer owner. What uh what are you paying in fab to get Drew Stanton?
2: Well, I, I guess it depends on what your fab is, but yeah, I I, I would say I'm not going to go overboard. I don't think that a lot of people are going to be very high on him, Um, unless you're you're really really desperate to get that quarterback in there. Uh, you don't have any other options. There's nobody else on the waiver wire. You know, you may have to overspend, but I I wouldn't I wouldn't spend a whole lot. And really, the the main thing is is that he'll have his games when he's useful. But good luck picking him. So, I mean, you basically, unless you're going to put him in every game and just hope and pray for the best, you know, you're kind of swinging for the fences every week. But I will say this, I, uh, depending on what you have left at this point of the season, I, I mean, I'd probably put 15%, 20% of your uh, your fab on there. Uh, I think that would be probably a conservative number that I would look at putting on, uh, you know, if you need a quarterback, I'd I, I'd feel comfortable doing that.
0: So another fab consideration guy. Let's let's move on a little bit here. Jay Cutler was injured against the Jets, and uh, Matt Moore comes in on relief. Um, Jay Cutler has uh, two cracked ribs and is looking at missing possibly two weeks. Now, going into this, I kind of thought that, that it was a matter of time before, you know, Jay Cutler gets benched in favor of Matt Moore more for ineffectiveness that was my own personal prediction but um and so it, it seemed like this was kind of a mixed blessing I mean this this was a great way this was a great excuse to get Jay Cutler off the field without actually acknowledging that it was a mistake to sign him the problem is he actually played pretty well against the Jets and he's been progressively getting better as the season has gone on so all of a sudden, I, I, I don't know, do you guys think that uh, Cutler for sure walks back into this job when he's healthy, or is there an opportunity here for Matt Moore?
2: I'll go ahead and start, John. I, I think um, I think this is Matt Moore's job now, and I, I think he's going to have to play really poor uh, to lose it. Um, I think Cutler was a one-year stopgap type thing. I, I don't think this signing was for much more than that. And with Tannenhill coming back next year, I think Matt Moore's the guy moving forward. And I think that's probably good things for this offense, and it's definitely um, a good thing for Kenny Still's. I mean, my my fantasy takeaway from this is well, Kenny Still's the number three receiver, right? And he probably worked with the second team offense an awful lot. So I would think that Matt Moore has a re, uh, you know a pretty good repertoire with him uh, moving forward. We saw Kenny Still's get two touchdowns. It, he even had a touchdown taken away by penalty just to get that same touchdown later in the drive. I mean, he definitely Matt Moore definitely has chemistry with him. So I would say my my main fantasy impact from this is not only is Matt Moore probably going to be the guy moving forward but I I would I I think I'd be buying Kenny Stills if I could at this point.
1: I think I disagree on the Kenny Stills take there James. But I <sighs> This
0: is a guy by the way real quick. I just got to give you another uh some more props here real quick because you did make a prediction that Kenny Stills had all the upside in the world you actually gave out some advice on on starting Kenny stills um
1: going I did why case. why don't put why don't say that on the pod then John why are you got to pause the pod to say that
0: Oh I didn't pause it that's going in there <laughs> it, well, it was going in there until you sidebarred it now, Yeah now it's got to get cut uh, it's got to get uh, cut now I, yeah I tried man I tried No that'll that's going in there because uh I people need to know that the, the members are super flexible. Every now and then get something extremely right.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't even remember who the other options were, but I, I definitely saw the potential with Stills. But I guess for for the season, though, the argument that Moore has this chemistry with Stills, oh, look, we saw it on Sunday, two touchdowns, and Devontae Parker was inactive. He's the number two receiver. Like, I don't... You can't make this argument of look at the volume Kenny Stills is getting. Look at if Matt Moore's looking his way when the number two receiver isn't in the game. I just think that you can't make that assumption when you're missing a, a main piece in the offense like that. I don't I, th- I think that Devontae Parker is gonna be fine. I saw people on Twitter were freaking out saying, Oh, Devontae Parker owners need to be worried. You know, this this Matt Moore to Kenny Stills connection is the real deal. I mean, it could be, but you can't see that when Devontae Parker's not active for the game.
2: Yeah, and I, I guess I guess I would agree to an extent that I would I would you know I would take I don't expect two touchdowns a game moving forward for Kenny Stills sure. once Parker is is healthy. So I, I would curb my expectations at t- to an extent, but I would also say that I think that you know when you're a quarterback and you're coming in having chemistry with a guy is huge. I mean, a guy that you know, you know when he's going to cut. You know, I mean, you've been throwing to him in practice, you know. I think that's an underrated thing that we, we forget to look at sometimes when uh, when, when the backup comes in and when the second-string guy comes in. So um, I do think that early on, Kenny Stills is going to be a guy that he's going to lean on because of the, the familiarity there. Now, I don't know, you know, long-term, maybe this isn't something that really uh, is going to matter much, you know. So in a dynasty league, maybe – you're not really looking at it because next year Tannehill's back and he'll be dumping off those short passes to Jarvis Landry again. So, so maybe it doesn't mean anything much, you know, long term. However, I, for for the short term, I definitely think Kenny Still's for the next few weeks is a guy that I would be uh, firing up if I had at least. All
0: right, let's move on to another quarterback situation that, uh, as as of recording of this, is still developing, and we're we're gonna start with you on this one, James, because this is your team. The Cleveland Browns have benched Deshaun Kaiser in two of the last three weeks. And Cody Kessler comes in and plays, you know, fairly well against the Tennessee Titans, all things considered. Um, Definitely better than Kaiser. But so are are we going back to Kessler now? Or is it going to be Kaiser again with a, a rookie quarterback going out, knowing that he's got the shortest leash possible?
2: You know, really, honestly, John, it's such a mess. Um, I, I really feel like I've been one of those guys who's been a supporter of Hugh Jackson for a long time. And uh, I think after after all this, with this quarterback debacle and what he's done with, with this poor rookie quarterback with Kaiser, by, you know, you're not going to start the season as a starting quarterback, then, oh, you know what, we're going to go to you, uh, we're going to bench you. Nah, we're going to go back to you. Nah, we're going to bench you because you had two turnovers. And look, I get it. You can't turn the ball over, but you're going to have growing pains with a young quarterback, especially when he doesn't have weapons that are getting open. So I, uh, it, it's frustrating. It really is, and I, I really think that the the be all end all is going to be Hugh Jackson's job. I think he might be the uh, the first coach that ends up getting the axe here. So it's a shame. Um, I, I don't think he was given a you know a lot of talent around uh, you know for um, playmakers at least on that squad but uh, but you can't do this with this with this quarterback i mean you basically you got to put them out there and you got to find out what you have you can't just keep benching them you know and like you said with the shortest leash possible what does Kaiser go out there thinking oh first mistake i make i'm i'm gonna be on the bench you know and when you start playing that way you play like like we discussed brett hunley did you know you start playing when you're dinking and dunking and you're afraid to go down the field because you don't want to make that mistake so yeah, this is a, this is a mess. Um, it has to be Kaiser, but if it's Kaiser, it's just got to be Kaiser for the rest of the year. That's, I mean, that's the only answer, in my opinion.
0: The only good news for Kaiser is, I suppose, they're running out of people to. Or they're running out of quarterbacks to uh, to bench him in favor of. So, <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, bring back yeah. Kelly Stouffer or Derek Anderson, maybe.
2: Oh, they got a list. Yeah. They got a list of guys they could bring back. Trust me, <laughs> yep. Charlie Fry's got to be somewhere.
0: There you go. They could have.
2: <laughs>
1: They could have kept McCown. Yeah. Look at him balling out.
0: I, he looks great. Yeah.
1: He's, he's a top, top five QB the last two weeks, Josh McCown. They sh- that's so they crazy. They should have yeah. just kept Hoyer, huh? That...
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and finally, a non-quarterback for us to talk to, Amari Cooper, has the game that I predicted that he would have. I was just a week too early. And uh, such is my luck so far this year, but absolute monster game for Amari Cooper. 11 catches, 210 yards, and two touchdowns, and another three drops to add to his, his first of all to his NFL lead, and second of all that might have pushed him close to 300 yards if he had held on to him, and possibly another touchdown as well. So. Are we buying into Amari Cooper going forward? Is he is he back to a must-start wide receiver one, wide receiver two? Or was this this just kind of a one-time thing, and he goes right back to what he's been all season long, which is completely unstartable?
1: <laughs> I think, unfortunately, Uh-oh. you cannot – am I cutting out?
0: No, no, you're good. Oh. <laughs> Just the, the, unfortunately is, uh, um, we're, we're about to <laughs> get hit right between the eyes with some reality.
1: <laughs> unfortunately, you cannot sit him after that game.
0: Hmm. Not where I thought you were going with that. I like no, it.
1: yeah. <laughs> you, you have to, you, you, you can't sit him. And I, I said on Twitter, like, this is the point right now starts like the four week stretch where everybody's forced to start Cooper, no matter what his production is just because he's capable of a game like this game. He just put up like you can't sit him. Right. So the,
0: the wide receiver position also is just absolutely dreadful right now. That makes it that much harder. I mean, you essentially just lost Larry Fitzgerald, John Brown, you know, the, all the all the Cardinals for all intents and purposes, it looks like you you're going to have a really Jordy. hard time.
1: Yeah, Jordy it, Adams
0: Cobb. Yep. Yeah, it looks like G. you're going to have a hard time starting those Packers receivers as anything more than a flex. The Broncos receivers are in a black hole as well. So I mean, there's so many guys that that you're already kind of struggling with. Um, it, it it just puts you in a position where you pretty much have to start Cooper.
2: Yeah, I it, I think you guys basically said it all as far as that goes, but I, I would say moving forward, I, I would expect a lot of uneven performances. I I feel like they uh, they really wanted to make, make a point of getting Cooper involved and getting Cooper the ball, and that was great. I think it did a lot of good for his confidence. But in crunch time, when they needed the touchdown, you saw where they went. They went to Crabtree. The chemistry between Carr and Crabtree is still uh top notch Crabtree has been just again another another year of Crabtree having elite production uh there in oakland um he's he's really underrated i mean that this guy really is an underrated he's a top fifteen fantasy receiver
0: all right so now that we hashed all of that out let's do some uh bold predictions for week eight. And in this episode of Your Nuts, we're going to talk about running backs in particular. So let's start with you, James.
2: Yeah, I um, I I was looking at the running back matchups this week, and I my bold prediction, my Your Nuts prediction, is this: Christian McCaffrey will have his first multi-touchdown game this week. He's going to have three total touchdowns against Tampa Bay. And look, things aren't working in Carolina offensively. They have got to get their playmakers more involved. Christian McCaffrey is their best playmaker, whether it's handing him the ball and getting him the ball outside in space, or if it's finding new innovative ways to throw him the ball, whether they're going to run the option. I don't i don't know what they're going to do, but they have to start thinking outside the box and getting this guy the ball. I think that starts this week against a Tampa Bay team that cannot stop the run. Um, they have trouble stopping running backs in the receiving game as well. Um, and so I think this is the game where McCaffrey finally gets featured as the future part of that offense. I'm saying that he ends up in the end zone 3 times against a a weak Tampa Bay defense.
0: I feel like there's One a of us is supposed to call him nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, that so the problem is I think that there's a qualifier here. Are are we talking about receiving touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, or some combination?
2: I I am saying 3 total touchdowns and he has not had more than one in a game um at least from what I could tell from the game logs that I looked at. So if if he gets to 3 Um, that would be the first time all year that he has had multiple touchdowns. So I'm going to say three total touchdowns, uh, rushing, receiving, pump returns, kick returns, whatever. Uh, I'm saying he gets in the end zone three times against Tampa Bay.
1: I think three touchdowns is pretty nuts. I mean, how often do you have one guy score three touchdowns? So, I mean, that just the touchdown total is pretty bold. So I, I think we could say you're nuts.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you're probably nuts. I, I don't. So he has to do it from distance, basically, which doesn't really happen. He did get down around the goal line, and it's either Cam, it's Jonathan Stewart, there's Kelvin Benjamin, Ed Dixon, Devin Funches, Like it, it it's going to go to one of those guys. So the only way for Christian McCaffrey to really score is from distance. So to do that three times, it, it would be impressive. I, I, it's it's within the realm of possibility, so you're not completely nuts, but you, you're kind of nuts.
1: <laughs> all right, all right, I'll take it.
2: I'll take
0: it. <laughs> all right, what do you think, Travis?
1: I'm currently undefeated on the Your Nuts predictions. I'm just kidding. I think I didn't get my week, my week six one, but I'm going to go with uh, Joe Mixon, and I, for some reason, have to uh, kill myself with... Predicting exact stat lines instead of just saying oh three total touchdowns So I have Mixon with 117 rushing yards two rushing touchdowns and then four catches for 37 yards I think this is I think this is the game. Uh, He's you know, he didn't have a good game last week, but none of the Cincinnati backs did he's leading them in snaps and touches and Jacksonville just beat the snot out of indy last week and that's who cincinnati's playing this week Uh, they had two rushing touchdowns without leonard Fournette in the game so i think that the less than average cincinnati offense is going to be able to finally get going pretty good here and i think joe mixon has his breakout game we've all been waiting for
2: yeah i'm gonna go ahead and say you're nuts i i i'm a huge joe mixon guy um but I don't know if this is the game. Um, I tell you what, the Colts, uh, as of late, the last two games, they've they've shown some chinks in their armor as far as their running defense goes. But their rush defense before that was pretty good. Um, And, you know, they played two teams that can run the ball better than, you know, most teams in the NFL. They played Tennessee. Who I mean, Derrick Henry busted a long run, uh, late in that game uh, on Monday night, and then uh, you know last week playing Jacksonville. Who I mean, you know they just they just beat teams up, you know. I mean late in the game, they're running you know over tired linemen. I don't know that Cincinnati's game, especially with the way you know I mean Dalton and AJ Green have been hooking up big time uh, ever since. Uh, you know they've they've uh, had that offensive coordinator change, so. Um, I'm, I'm gonna say you're nuts. I definitely think there's a chance it could happen because uh, I think Joe Mixon is really talented and it's about, you know, he's gonna bust out one of these games. I just don't know if this is the game. So I'm gonna say you're nuts, Travis.
0: I'm definitely gonna say you're nuts as well. And I and for me, it's more of a game script thing. Um, just a preview. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Andy Dalton for my super streaker. and it's because I think this is a high volume passing game this week for the Bengals I think that uh you know Malik Hooker the rookie safety um went down with an ACL MCL tear he's out for the season I lost another defensive back and I can't remember his name right off the top of my head but anyways that that secondary that already was was struggling just got quite a bit worse And uh, I think that Andy Dalton is going to take full advantage. Um, I think he's going down the field to A.J. Green quite a bit. And I I don't know that there's going to be a whole lot of need for Mixon to get the type of volume that it's going to take to get there. So I I think that that you're probably actually more likely to be right on the uh, that he gets all that done in the passing game than in the, the running game. And I'm going to take Amir Abdullah for a hundred yard, uh, at least a hundred yards rushing this week. It'll be, it would be the first time he's done it all season. The closest he's come is ninety four yards against the Minnesota Vikings. And I also think that he scores twice. I think that the that the Lions are going to lean on the running game in in this game against Pittsburgh, at home against Pittsburgh. I think that uh, coming out of the bye. Uh, there's there, they've had plenty of time to game plan and, you know, they, they look at this matchup and see that Pittsburgh is giving up the fifth most fantasy points. I I know that Jim Caldwell doesn't care about fantasy points, but fifth most (laughs) fantasy points to running backs, there's an opportunity to run against this defense. And I think that that's going to be in the game plan. I also think that uh, with Matthew Stafford still limping a little bit with the the uh, ankle injury, and and also I just think that the way that you that the way that you attack the Steelers is to try and keep them keep the offense off the field. So I think that uh, Amir Abdullah has an opportunity here, and uh, I think that this is this is the the game that Amir Abdullah Truthers have been looking for all season.
1: I don't think you're nuts, man. I really, really hope that happens. So I'm not going <laughs> to jinx it by calling you nuts.
2: Uh. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I, um. I hope I hope both, Mixon and Abdul, happen, to be honest with you. But uh, I'm still going to say that you're nuts, John. I, I tell you what, though. With Golden Tate out, it will be interesting to see if they run more. But I just don't trust Detroit to hand him the ball enough to get him uh, that, that volume, to get him 100 yards and to get him a couple scores. And the reason being is because, man, I... <sighs> It just seems like every time it's time to throw the ball, or any time that they, they feel like you know they uh, they need Theo Riddick in the game, they just they put him in. And I, I think it'll be interesting to see if they do, they can stick with the run against Pittsburgh. And not to mention the fact that if they fall behind in this game, I think it's going to be really hard for them to to try to have Dula out there too much. Um, and I Pittsburgh's been playing better. I don't know Pittsburgh's been playing pretty good. Antonio Brown and uh, they've really leaned on Le'Veon Bell a lot. I could see if Pittsburgh's leading this game that Abdullah doesn't uh, doesn't see the field enough to hit those numbers. So um, I'm going to say that you're nuts, but I definitely think again. I think it has. It, it, there's a legitimate chance it could happen, but uh, but I'm going to lean that it doesn't. So I'll say you're nuts. You're a little nuts.
0: Last week I was uh, my prediction was uh, fiery Cheetos, and this week it's saltine crackers. I just went way too far to the other extreme <laughs> this week. This is extremely doable Alright, let's talk about some trades This one actually got sent to us right before Got sent to our Trades account, in fact Right before we went on air Um, And uh, definitely encourage everybody To do the same Um, Send your trades to At SuperflexTrades So that we can retweet it, get it out And uh, get to talk about it A little bit on the podcast So um, definitely those super flex leagues, two QB leagues, um, and all your other alternate scoring settings. Um, but we'll take them regardless of what your scoring system is. So, but this is from Jeremiah Bly on Twitter. He uh, he's in a super flex PPR league. He's not a contender. Um, this is also a 14-team Devi league, and uh, so the the player pool for rookies is going to be pretty depleted. Um, because of the Devi, so he would be giving up a late 2018 first in Matthew Stafford and get back a mid to early 2018 second and Aaron Rodgers
1: this is a this is a no-brainer for me
0: I think so it's, yeah I think so too
1: <laughs> it's 1000% the Aaron Rodgers side and I feel bad for the guy that got the Stafford side
2: yeah yeah no doubt I, I i second that
1: that's a bad trade
0: <laughs> yeah i yeah i don't know that maybe if even if that was an early 18 first in a devy league that 18 first what could what could the james you're our devy guy what would the return be who are you looking at with an early 2018 first round pick in a devy league
2: honestly it depends on how deep the debbie is um the debbie side of it is how many rounds do you have you know do you have three do you have two do you have but being that it's 14 teams i mean there's always guys that that slide under the radar um you know g- g- guys in the past that i've seen in smaller leagues like guys like jonathan taylor who uh is is uh, a running back for wisconsin that is just lighting it up there's always these guys that slide under the radar that uh That, you know, weren't on your radar and uh, immediately after just one solid, you know, season in college, you know, freshman gets an opportunity and, you know, just lights it up. So if if you have an early uh, pick, you know, it's 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 definitely worth it. But like you said, it's shallow after after you get maybe two or three guys that slid through the cracks. Um, in past every drafts, especially you know freshmen that get chances to shine and take advantage of it, you know you might get a few of those guys. But other than that, you know yeah, it, it gets depleted very quick. Um, either way, though, man, I mean if you're Aaron Rodgers and a you know I, I I can't see you getting even if you nail uh, that that pick. You know I mean you're still giving up the the, the top quarterback in the game. At, the, at this time at least and you know a mid to early second for that I, I i still would side with rogers i mean even if you can get a guy that uh that ends up being a top 15 pick in the nfl draft i still think you you're better off with rogers and the, the mid second
0: yeah also this uh those two picks that they would be moving it's probably no more than eight picks apart so yeah, yeah. not much question there but Definitely uh, an interesting one, partly because of the Devy side. I thought that was pretty interesting. So, um, Next one up, another Superflex league, half PPR. Side one would be Marcus Mariota, Mark Ingram, Devontae Parker, and Terrell Pryor. Side two would be Andy Dalton, Joe Mixon, Sammy Watkins, and Amari
1: Cooper. That one's kind of hard for me. I think I would personally go side two. I mean you're really buying low. I mean so you're buying low on Mixon, Watkins and Cooper right now. Well, depending on when the Samari Cooper trade happened. Um if it was before this past Sunday, then you're buying low on Cooper. Uh, but it does depend, you know, a lot on the QB situation. For both sides, I think, because the the downgrade from Mariota to Dalton, I think, is pretty massive. So, if you're giving up Mariota and getting Dalton, you've got to have a pretty decent quarterback stable going on.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with uh, with that. That you know, you're 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 taking a downgrade at quarterback. I'm I'm going to go with the Dalton side as well on this. Um, and the reason being is because I think you make that up. With what you're getting in Joe Mixon over Mark Ingram, and it's not that Mark Ingram, I, look, I've been down on him, but he is he's producing now in New Orleans, but how much longer does he produce there? i'm I'm really high on Joe Mixon. again, i I feel like he's a talented young back, and he's just going to get better and better as Cincinnati's uh, offense kind of gets a little bit more diverse, and they fix that offensive line so I, I'm definitely buying there. And then the two receivers, yeah, I'm higher on Cooper and Watkins um, as a package as than I am on Parker and Pryor. and mainly because i'm I'm not very high on Pryor., uh, So to me, this side is is a win just because you make up what you're giving. Um, and more uh, with uh, the the drop off from Mariota to um, to Dalton um, with younger, higher upside players in, in in my opinion. So that's why I would go that side. But you're definitely right. You better have a good quarterback uh, stable. You know some other guys just in case. Maybe you can play matchups. You know if you're if you're getting rid of Mariota and bringing in Dalton. The
0: uh, Capology One Hundred and One podcast, um, part of the DF Network, has talked quite a bit about Andy Dalton and the fact that there's very very little dead money at the end of the season um if he gets cut it's almost they they save quite a bit of money by cutting him that doesn't mean that he wouldn't have a job going forward but it wouldn't be in Cincinnati and uh that's that's almost a lock to happen at this point i mean he would have to you know talk about Alex Smith as to has to win in the in the playoffs Andy Dalton has a lot to prove in order to to you know to stick in Cincinnati much longer. So that's part of what concerns me about this. The other thing is in a superflex league, man, I'm kind of seeing Marcus Mariota being undervalued quite a bit lately. Um, I I think that those two were are miles apart, and mm-hmm. uh, we actually had a a little bit of a discussion. This morning on Twitter, John Sheps, host of the Dynasty Warzone podcast, was talking about a trade where he would give up Ezekiel Elliott and Patrick Mahomes, and he would get back Marcus Mariota and Evan Ingram, and he was asking how much more should he ask for in the Superflex League um, to make up the difference from Mariota and Ingram to ezekiel elliott and patrick mahomes and uh so that's that's another one actually that while we're on the topic that i'd like to get you guys' thoughts on as well and uh, i'm going to start by saying that i personally i don't i think that all you really need to get out of it from there is the value of patrick mahomes that's all i'm that's all i'm after in a super flex league and i'm but i'm definitely open to being convinced otherwise
1: I think it's pretty heavily tilted towards the Zeke side. Really? Yeah. I mean, you're getting Mariota, obviously. What, consensus top eight dynasty quarterback, at least. Mm -hmm. And Mahomes isn't a starter yet. So, I mean, if you, I don't know, it's all situation dependent, I guess, if you need you know, that young stud starter, it makes sense. And obviously you're upgrading there. But Zeke is by far the best piece in the deal, in my opinion. Even in Superflex, the, the Zeke's value is so much higher than all those other pieces. So, I mean, I would want like a first and a second, probably. See, I personally,
2: I'll tell you what. I, um, I Zeke scares me. To, I, I mean, just, I, I don't want him in dynasty i really don't he see the off the field stuff is is it's a huge issue the fact that i mean the nfl warned him that this could be a you know future behavior like this could result in a, a lifetime ban i mean that's that's huge i want nothing to do with him um so i'm i'm not as high on zeke um and uh and i really like mariota and ingram um so i would say i i think you could probably get a first um, from the other owner, and I would I would take that. I would take Mariota Ingram in a first for Zeke and Mahomes. Um, and yeah, I, I I agree with you, John. I I feel worse about giving up Mahomes than I do about Zeke. Um, just because not only do you have that suspension looming, but I mean I I, I don't know how he's a young guy. He's you know if you're if you're gonna rely on building your franchise around him for years. Man, I, how how many years do you think, how many off seasons do you think he can keep his nose clean? You know, because Nexus mentioned, what, 10 games? You know, so I, I mean, man, to me, I'm, I, yeah, I'd probably move him. And if I can get a first round pick to, uh, added with uh, Mariota and Ingram, I think I'd do it.
0: So would that, if you didn't get that first round pick, is that a deal breaker for
2: you? I, I would try to, I, see, here's the thing, no. Probably not. However, when I'm looking at a trade, I'm looking at value. And I think Zeke's value is higher than, than those two. Um, so I think I could get more for Zeke. So I, I, I think I would probably hold out or maybe push, you know, uh, for, for if not a first, maybe two seconds if I could get something like that. Um, but uh, I, I probably wouldn't be a deal breaker when push came to shove. Um, but I might wait a few weeks and see if I could uh, try to maximize Zeke's value a little bit more uh, in that time. Just because I think his value should be higher to other owners. And I think it is higher to other owners. Maybe it shouldn't be, but uh, I think it is. And so I would think that I should I should be able to get that. Um, but no, I, when Putch came to shove, if, you know, after a few weeks... That deal's still on the table, and i you know, Zeke's value hasn't gone up any. Or I, I've shopped him around, and his value just isn't where I think it should be. Then I, I'd, I'd probably do the deal straight up if I had to. I, I think I would. You're nuts. <laughs> I'm, I'm
0: nuts too because I'm, I'm right there with him. I mean, the, the other thing is you're getting Mariota, and Ingram, both of which play positions with a much longer shelf life than Zeke. So, you know, putting the the Mm -hmm. suspension stuff aside, which is tough to do, by the way, considering Zeke had two incidents in one year. So um, to ask him to keep his nose clean completely for another, you know, five years to eight years, whatever his expected shelf life is going to be, it feels like a lot to ask. We've also seen him just absolutely disappear this year. Um, when things aren't going his way, and uh, so it, it, there's some kind of character issues for me, not to mention the fact that a, a running back's useful existence usually is in the neighborhood of five years. So, yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm I think I'm there too, um, but I do agree with the fact that there's quite a bit of value there on the Zeke side right at the moment, so you definitely try and squeeze those those extra draft picks out of there, I think.
1: I'm only letting us move on for the sake of time, but you guys <laughs> are us.
0: <ridiculous. laughs> Alright, time for face off between Travis and James. And uh, looking over your overall Dynasty Superflex rankings, I noticed a pretty big discrepancy between the two of you on Andrew Luck. So um let's hear arguments on either side of it. Travis, you've got Andrew Luck is quarterback one overall in uh uh for Dynasty Superflex. James you've got him at quarterback eight below among others. Kirk Cousins
1: Ridiculous It's ridiculous. <laughs> so-
0: so so I'm definitely interested to hear both arguments because uh, right at the moment, I don't agree with either one of you. So let's, uh, let's start it off with you, Travis. You get home field advantage since you've got him number one. You've got him the highest.
1: Okay, yes. John's probably got him. John's probably got Cam Newton number one, but that's okay. <laughs> um,
0: it was tempting.
1: All right, so let's start with the fact that Andrew Luck has been elite since he came into the league. In his rookie year, he finished QB 9. I'm just going to go through his, his QB finishes for his career so far. Okay, 2012, rookie year, QB 9. 2013, his second year, he finished as the QB 4 in fantasy. His third year in the league, QB 2. He threw over 4,700 yards and 40. he had 43 total touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He was 25 years old. 2015, he was injured. He, oh, where did
2: he finish in 2015?
1: He was injured. Okay. Yep. 2016 came back from his injury, QB4, but didn't even come back for his injury from his injury. That was on a bum shoulder. He had off-season surgery after that QB4 finish, right, to lead us to where we are now. He's 28 years old right now. We've got 10 more years of this dude. Age age should not be a factor in lowering Andrew Luck at all in, in your dynasty rankings. And we move to 2017, and this Colts team is all the proof that we need that Luck is as good as everybody thinks or should think that he is. This offense is anemic without him. And it's mostly the same personnel. The offense didn't change all that much. He's got the same weapons, the same crappy offensive line, and they're they're a bottom five offense in the league right now. And it's the same it's the same offense that Andrew Luck had when he finished QB four last year. And then as far as I mean, I think I think by far your James, your biggest um, atrocity is having Kirk <laughs> Cousins above him. <laughs> I think that's... I don't even think I need to go that far into that one. Cousins is... he He's impressed versus expectations, but he's not in the same ballpark as Andrew Luck on a skill level or production level. Um, I think your best case probably is Dak, uh, just considering how Young Dak is his second league in the year, and he finished QB six last year, mm-hmm. uh, which was still behind Luck, by the way. Um, but even I mean, comparing their rookie seasons, Dak or, or Luck threw for seven hundred more yards than Dak did in his rookie season. I mean, Dak could be—I love Dak. I'm not trying to bash on Dak. Dak is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Luck is awesome, dude. He's—he's he's really, really freaking good. And there's nothing you can say that's going to change my mind about it.
2: <laughs> well uh travis i i definitely look i i'm not trying to take a, a a swipe at luck i think luck's a very talented player um i fell in love with him when i was scouting him out of stanford i think a lot of people did um he has all the physical tools that you want but when you look at it on paper it's it's just to me it's not all that impressive and and um uh, We'll go to his rookie year. You know, obviously, uh, like you said, he was uh, quarterback nine, uh, 23 touchdowns, 18 interceptions. So the interceptions are always there. Uh, the lowest were nine uh, his second year when he threw nine. Uh, but I mean, 18, nine, 16, 12, 13. So you're losing points there. Um, and and re- here's here's really what it came came down to for me. You have a quarterback who was injured in 2015, only played seven games, comes back 2016 and plays on like with you said with a bum shoulder, and then he's out all year this year. So he's had now two surgeries on his throwing shoulder. This is a power throwing quarterback who now we're going to expect to come back with the same type of arm strength. Uh, I question it. I'm worried about it. He's going to be rusty. All that scares me. Like you said, this is the same offensive line. So he's going to take those same hits. I'm still worried that he's going to expose himself too much. And and Andrew Luck, the way he plays. He's going to run the ball. I mean, he's a competitor. He's going to run the ball. He's going to try to get first downs, and that's great. Um, Andrew Luck has all the talent in the world. You're absolutely right. He is he is way more talented than Kirk Cousins. Problem is, is you have to be on the field for 16 games if you're going to outscore Kirk Cousins because Kirk Cousins is on the field um, that long. And so, you know, I'm looking at guys and I'm going, I'm not worried about their durability or their injury concern right now that are ahead of him for the most part, but I am definitely worried about Andrew Luck's. I mean... Um, you know if it was a knee a knee you know uh, issue uh you know so, something along those lines that maybe wouldn't affect him as much and and I know knees you know can can affect the mechanics of a quarterback a great deal, however, I think they can overcome that a little easier than a throwing shoulder that has now two surgeries on it and i I don't know where it stands i mean you know now we're we're told that after practicing he has another setback, well, what if he needs a third surgery i'd I don't know. I'm concerned. I'm definitely moving him down my rankings, and I think I'm in the minority moving him down as far as I did. But um, I, I'd rather have some safer options at this point. Um, so that's that's my thing with Luck. Is you know it's not talent based, um, but it is based on, you know, just that offensive line that he plays behind. The fact he's going to take hits, and that he has an injury history, and it's a bad one to his throwing shoulder. So. Yeah, that was my thoughts in uh, in you know when I ranked Andrew Luck, why I ranked him uh, where I did.
0: So, like I said, I mean, you you guys are both wrong on this. Um, I do have to give it to Travis because I've got Andrew Luck is quarterback two in Dynasty still. Um, Mm -hmm. I uh, I mean, we've just seen consistency from him, and you guys are going to notice a theme with me. But I'm I'm all about consistency. That is. The, the most important thing that I could possibly look for uh, in my in my fantasy roster construction, um, and that's why I'm so down on Russell Wilson because he's just so inconsistent from game to game and from season to season. But Andrew Luck, I mean, we've we've seen it from him. He's been he's been an elite fantasy producer, um, but here's why he's not number one. 2016 quarterback one 2015 quarterback six 2014 quarterback one 2013 injury 2012 quarterback two 2011 quarterback one 2010 quarterback one anyone know who I'm talking about right now oh 2009 quarterback one as well
2: I'm going to guess a uh, an injured packer quarterback is that right? <laughs> that's that's correct.
0: That's correct. I was so, to me there's there's a a tier of quarterbacks. The number 1 tier is Aaron Rodgers and nobody else is close. He's just so good and so consistent and I think that you get him for several more years. So you know maybe this injury changes things a little bit and bumps Andrew Luck up into the same tier as him. But for me, Aaron Rodgers is right now head and shoulders above everybody else for fantasy football quarterbacks.
2: So real quick, I just just want to ask, nobody else is concerned that Andrew Luck isn't going to be the quarterback that we saw him previously after two shoulder surgeries on his throwing shoulder? nah nah
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right all right it's
2: dynasty
1: hashtag
0: analysis
1: i mean i'm i'm not even i don't i don't care about this year you know he's there's no way he goes the rest of this season and an entire off season and doesn't heal i mean the human body is a beautiful thing james
2: yeah I, I i have heard that I have heard that he's not going to go the entire season, and then this next off season without healing. Before, where have I heard that? Oh wait, no, I I just heard that with this off season and this entire season no. that he wasn't going to go without healing. So I don't know, man. I'm I I'm telling you, I'm I'm still concerned. I know we've seen Luck play at a high level, but I am concerned that uh, that that Andrew Luck is uh, is no longer going to be the Andrew Luck that we see. But we'll see. I hope I I mean, I'm wrong. I like there's, it.
0: There's certainly a possibility of that, but. I mean, you look zero at some of the, look at some zero of the zero percent chance. I mean, it's 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 <laughs> within the range of of possible outcomes for sure. There's a it, it's a non-zero chance, but I mean, look at some of the guys you've got above him. Kirk Cousins, who knows what the future holds for him? We don't even know what team he's going to be on next year. Um, Tom Brady, we don't even know for sure that he's even going to play again next year. So, I I mean. There's there's just as much, if not more, risk with some of the with some of the guys above him, um, and I mean, going off of most likely outcomes, the most likely outcome is Andrew Luck comes back fully healthy, um, you know, especially if he misses this entire season and takes the entire season to heal, and we've seen that you know he doesn't rely too much on necessarily arm strength, he doesn't necessarily rely on. Um, you know, mobility. Even though he's got both, for him it's it's decision making, and we saw with we saw Peyton Manning come back from a from a you know a pretty big injury. Um, compared to this one, it was it was quite a bit more severe. His head almost fell off. I mean, and he came back and played it it at an extremely high level, and set passing records, and he did it by. You know, playing smart, playing the quarterback position by, you know, reading defenses and making good throws, um, making good decisions. And that's what that's Andrew Luck's game. So I think he walks right back into that type of production. Yeah. And just
1: for the for the record, I have Aaron Rodgers at QB, two, And the only reason is because age. Yeah, you got five more five more years with Luck than you do with rogers he's five years younger so i mean that's it
0: yeah where but with rogers i mean i'll i'll take you know i'll win two more championships with him and then and then rebuild with uh two trophies on the shelf so that's that's my thing i I don't know i i get it but i think that you've got a few more years with rogers too one last segment let's uh real quick our super streakers from last week
1: I had Hanley.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. And I berated you for it. And I (laughs) accidentally called the Saints defense the best in the NFL. So
1: apologies
0: to Jacksonville. (laughs) It was one of those scenes where I just kind of blacked out, and I'm just throwing out ridiculous claims. But I couldn't take it back. I've got way too much pride for that. Yeah. (laughs) That New Orleans Saints defense is for real, but uh, yeah, Jacksonville right now is the best defense in the league.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And John, uh, as far as the streakers go, John, you had Carson Wentz who just finished with two hundred and sixty-eight passing yards. He hit that two hundred and fifty mark, so oh. it looks like you're it looks like you're streaking. I had Kirk Cousins who hit three hundred and three yards, so he hit that two hundred and fifty mark as well. So uh looks like Travis was the odd man out this week. So Travis, you gotta you gotta pick it up. You gotta pick it up this week now.
1: Well, I mean I pretty got I pretty much got a lock for this week. Go with my boy, Russell Wilson. Ugh. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> he's uh he's got a matchup against Houston, the vaunted Houston defense this week. Which turns out they're not. Um you can you can beat this team. You can throw on them. Russell Wilson came back, had an awesome game this week. And 250 is nothing for this dude. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I think it's a good
2: pick, man. This week uh, is the week to have Russell Wilson. But I, I'm i going to go with Jameis Winston. Um, I, I alluded earlier how much I liked uh, Christian McCaffrey. I think the game script is Tampa Bay is going to have to throw. And I think that leads to Jameis Winston having a whole bunch of yards. So I think he hits that 250 mark pretty easily this week
0: and i've got Andy Dalton i mentioned him earlier um the fact that i think that uh that this game script is going to call for a lot of passing for the cincinnati bengals against a, a already pretty bad indianapolis colts secondary that just lost two key members um including rookie first round pick Mully cooker and uh so i it's it's vontae davis and a whole lot of nothing else back there so plenty of room for andy dalton to throw 250 should be pretty easy and that'll do it for this week's episode once again you can follow travis at on twitter at travis nfl follow james at dff underscore psychic and i'm at dff dynasty dude follow the super flexible podcast as well at super Flex pod and the Dynasty Football Factory at DFF underscore Dynasty. And the Dynasty Football Network at DF underscore Network. And send us your trades on Twitter. So the Super Flexible Trades account is at SuperFlexTrades. So we can retweet it, retwe- retweet it and send it out to the masses. And... Uh, Check out the other podcasts that the DF Network has going right now: the Fantasy Football Fellas, the Dynasty Warzone, the IDP Edge Crushers, the Devi Watch Podcast, and Capology One Hundred and One. And finally, a huge favor um, that we're going to ask of you is that if you're following us on uh, on Podbean, um, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever wherever you're listening to this podcast, give us a rating and a review. Um, the the feedback helps us out quite a bit, and it also uh, boosts us in the rankings, so that we can uh, get to more people and discuss more Superflex and alternate scoring settings with more with uh, more of the Dynasty community. So if you could do that, it would it would be a huge help, and we'd really appreciate it. But that's all we've got for this week. So until next week, best of luck in week eight. Bye!